Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, a sports card podcast with two collectors from opposite sides of New York City. Craig and Carmine share sports card stories from the perspective of a teacher and broadcaster. This is Crosstown Cardboard. Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, episode 54. We're calling it How Craig Got a Grail for Now. But Craig said, after I hear this story, it might evolve into a more appetizing title. So uh, we'll see what happens after we hear this story. But I'm Carmine at Carmine's Cards, originally from Westchester County, New York, but now in the South, in South Carolina, specifically Greenville as a sports reporter. Just got back from a Clemson game, which we'll talk about. That might factor into uh, another topic that comes out of this episode in a little bit. And then, of course, Craig at New York City Sports Cards, the math teacher, the soccer coach, originally from Long Island, now in New York City. And uh, before we get started on episode 54, just a big thank you to Matthew at 1956 Tops Guy for an awesome discussion on the previous episode, which was challenging hobby assumptions. And who better to challenge assumptions than a scientist, which is what Matthew is, a physicist. So that was really cool. Heard about his collecting and, uh, you know, why you shouldn't just go with the flow and you should figure out what's in your heart as far as collecting and go with that, basically. But great episode if you haven't checked that one out. So, Craig, we're starting off episode 54, How You Got a Grail. And uh, how are you feeling about telling this story that is a little bit in the past, but it's a it's a shining moment of your collecting career? Precisely. Great to see you. Always great to see you. It's It's hard to believe as of yesterday, you were literally running on the field to get a firsthand glimpse of uh, Coach uh, Debo. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. What's oh, my gosh. Dabo. Dabo. Dabo, Dabo Sweeney. Although, oh, he's, although he's strong like Debo, though. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Dabo Sweeney, get the handshake. You're there on the field. This morning, I'm coaching soccer in the rain right next to a field that Pele used to play on, actually. But here we are. Yep. Meeting once a week, talking cards. So I'm glad we can keep this going. Before yes, we get into my my Grail story, quick funny thing is I went to the local card store, Alex's MVP. Mm-hmm. I went yesterday because my soccer practice was canceled. And what better way than to walk 10 blocks in the pouring rain to get my fix? I didn't get too much. A couple of packs, some supplies. And I picked up this Sean Alexander autograph from Certified out of 35. And I thought it was really cool because nice. he inscripted it with the little Bible verse there. You see, it's like Psalm 374. Yeah. yeah. Um, didn't do much research. And I looked on eBay and it turns out he signs all of his autographs like that. Wow. So, so that reminds me of David Robinson. There you go. So uh, I didn't get anything special. I thought I got this cool special inscription. I guess it is still cool. Um, and shout out to Sean Alexander for taking the time to write that on all of his autographs because he does it yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Yep. And and uh, our boy Mark Jackson also, uh, you know, he puts God bless on every single autograph. So we got some religion out there. By the way, just when you mentioned that, Craig, I looked up Psalm 37.4. And this is what uh, Sean Alexander apparently found important. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. How about that? So, Pretty cool. There you go. And here I am uh, celebrating, observing Yom Kippur tomorrow. So, wow, we've gotten this is the most religious we've gotten on this show. So let's get <laughs> right. back to the cards. Right. Other than other than religiously recording every week. Oh, you're the best. So I like that you titled this card, How I Got 
a grail because it's definitely not my grail, but it's a it's a grail in the in the hobby community. And I guess I'll, I'll save the card for the end. So to paint the picture, okay. wow, you're so good at teasing stuff Isn't without that, even knowing that that yeah, I'm I'm hooked. I'm ready. I think that's a, a better way to start it. So I'll paint the picture the best I can. October fourth, twenty twenty. My parents were looking to sell their house and move, which they ended up not. They're still there. Not the point of the story. They were having a moving sale. So I said, you know what? Let me help you get it organized, clean up the house. And while I'm there, you know what? I'm going to participate too. I'm going to participate. I'm going to ride the coattails of my parents' uh, garage sale and turn it into a sports cards and memorabilia type sale. So that's how I advertised it on Facebook, wherever you advertise garage sales. So I had a one day. At my parents' house on Long Island, garage sale, but mostly geared towards cards and memorabilia. A lot of okay. stuff I had growing up that I didn't really want to collect because growing up, you know, living in the suburbs, obviously we had more space. So I had a lot of cards, memorabilia, and all that. Very successful sale. So think about October 2020. The hype of the cards is there and it's definitely rising. Yeah. So throughout the course of the day, people came and grabbed some memorabilia, some jerseys that you pointed out. And I had a, some table of some raw cards then. So probably I was obviously always collecting, but with slabs, I actually don't know if I had any slabs there at the time. Okay. So some people, local people came by, just picture garage sale, front of the house. Um, actually, one guy who came by, Dylan, he's Gem Mint Jennings on Instagram, is still a friend to this day, three years later, because he stopped by my uh, the garage sale at my parents' house. Wow. Yeah. So I still had the ad up on Facebook. So the garage sale was a one day, right? So, but people would constantly message me every week. Hey, are there cards for sale? Hey, I'm looking to sell some cards. And I just told them, hey, sorry, it was a one day sale. The, the garage sale is over. It was one day only. Yeah. I didn't take the ad down. But then fast forward about a month later. So remember the garage sale was October 4th. Fast forward yeah. to November. Wait, so why didn't you take the ad down? You know what? Good question. I don't know. <laughs> okay. but, it's a, but, it's a, but it's a good thing that I did it. Okay. Because <laughs> you're right like, why am I? I'm still getting all these messages. It, it was instead of taking the ad down, you're answering everyone. Sorry, this was a one day sale. <laughs> well, you know what it is? It, it did lead to a few. Hey, what do you have for sale? And okay. oh, I'm looking okay. to sell these cards. But randomly, a month after the, the garage sale happened, I got a message and someone said, hey, is the garage sale still going on? I said, sorry, it's over. And he says, oh, well, too bad because I'm looking to sell this card or oh. trade this card. Well, I guess at this point in the story, I have to say what it is. So the card that he sent me a picture of was a Michael Jordan 1986 Fleer in a BGS 7.5 raw review you're familiar with the beckett raw reviews yes yes i got it done at the uh, burbank show there you go so jordan in a seven five raw review so you got to think hmm, is this an eight is this a seven i thought it looked super clean well he said he was looking to sell it and at the time he had it valued around forty five hundred dollars now this is just someone i'm talking to on facebook right and i'm like okay you know what i he's looking to sell this card it was right right around the holiday time because this was like first couple weeks of November. And I said, well, you know what? I don't have the money to just buy this Michael Jordan from you, but I could trade and give you a little bit of cash because that, that was his thing. He really wanted some cash for the holidays for his kids. Okay. So here was a trade that I was able to come up with for him. Remember the Jordan's valued around um, 4,500. Maybe it was 4,000. I actually okay. think somewhere around there. So here's what I offered. $1,000 cash. Mm. 
a Charizard, original Charizard from the 1999 Pokemon game in a PSA nine. And this was a Charizard that I had for my, this was a Charizard that I had from my childhood that I pulled myself. I preserved it all of these years. Yeah. I have, I have mine. I have mine. It's raw, but a PSA nine, what was the value of that at the time? Do you know? Around 2,500. And that this is where I'm getting to. Yeah. At the, I didn't do my fact check there, but yeah, it was worth a, a few thousand. Um, first of all, I, I got to pat myself on the shoulder here for keeping my Pokemon cards preserved so well for 20 years that they yeah. still graded nines, especially a Charizard. So, how, how long? I know this is a little bit of a tangent from the main story, but how long did you have the Charizard before you graded it? 20 years. Oh my gosh, that's, that's awesome. what I'm trying to say. I did a good job <laughs> preserving it. And it's funny the way the way Great. timing worked out because I probably got the Charizard back from grading not that long before. So there's my okay. you got to think I'm into this Charizard for what the cost of grading essentially. I pulled it from childhood, right? Yeah, or or your parents probably supported you when I bought the pack. Yeah, for you. yeah. So. The Tooth Fairy, the Tooth Fairy always got me Pokemon cards <laughs> without fail. Right. right. And I'm looking um, at uh, the Charizard PSA nine, and obviously now you know almost three years after the story you're telling. Uh, so, you know, everything kind of cooled down since then. But yeah, it's a uh, last sale was 1300. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Eleven hundred thirty three dollars. There you go. And we're not so, talking about first edition. Obviously, none of that. Just the base. Right, right. And so, yeah, so I could totally see it being, you know, maybe double that at the time of when you're talking about or quite there a bit we go. more. So that's what we're able to come up with. Thousand dollars cash. The Charizard PSA 9, which, again, I was into for nothing because it was from childhood. And right. a 2009 Prestige Basketball, Stephen Curry, light blue rookie card out of 999 in a PSA 10. Another card that I pulled from childhood and I kept for over a wow. decade and had wow. just recently gotten graded. So, <laughs> okay, again, wow. when you consider that, if you consider yeah. how much I'm in trading into this Jordan, which was valued around four forty five hundred, $1,000 cash. Yeah, and then the two, the Steph Curry and the Charizard, which I was into for let's call it fifty dollars grading. Yeah, so here I am into this this Michael Jordan for what is it, thousand bucks basically. Yeah. So finally, I communicated with this guy. Uh, Chris was his name, and it was a Saturday in November. It was November fourteenth to be exact, because I just checked the PayPal, and I had soccer practice in the morning with my team around eleven. So I caught the first train from Grand Central to Peekskill, upstate New York. Peekskill is right, right, Peekskill's right next to me from, there you go. from awesome. where I grew up in Austin. That's right. Peekskill was one of our rivals. Played them in high school, basketball. They were great. Beautiful. Beautiful train stop. So I met this guy in the train stop. I had the two cards, the Charizard and the Steph Curry. He had the Michael Jordan Raw Review. As I was there, I PayPal'd him on the spot. We shook hands. We were on our way. And uh, how, long, how long, how long in total were you guys together making the deal? Less than five minutes, but wow. it was a, it was a lovely, lovely train stop right on the water there. So yes, as the I'm waiting, yes, yes. As yep. I'm waiting for the return trip to go back to New York city to get home, drop the card back off and then go to soccer practice to coach. I'm walking around for like 20, 30 minutes on the water. And I'm just, I'm staring at this Michael Jordan, seven, five or all review, just, just enjoying Mother Nature and enjoying this card that I somehow went through the trouble from garage sale to Facebook to peak skill from my my childhood Charizard, the Steph Curry that I pulled. And here I am. I never thought I would own a Michael Jordan rookie card in a 7.5, let alone good grade. 
Wow. That is I'm 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 getting a great picture of you because I know where you're standing, like at the right. Peak Scale Trains. I've been there many times right along the Hudson River. And uh it is really nice. They got the playground there, all the kids hanging out and everything, and uh, a couple restaurants along the water and big grassy area. And I can just see you with the Michael Jordan 86 Fleer, you know, like thinking about all the work that it took to get there and uh, and the timing, like you said, of getting those cards yeah. back from grading. And usually, usually you don't part with, uh, you know, cards that you got in childhood. But I mean, to get a Grail card, the current inspiration for our episode title, sometimes you have to uh, you have to part with some other stuff, you know, that you care about to get something that you might value more. I would say the Charizard definitely hurt more than the Steph Curry, but I'm glad I got the deal done. And you know what a raw review looks like. So obviously at at that point, I have a decision to make. So I took it out. Uh, I sent it to PSA. Recently, I had the whole thing with the Mbappe where I sent it in the BGS slab. This time I took the MJ75. I took it out. I put it into a fresh card saver, sent it to PSA. I think it was like 300 at the time. So 7.5 is going to go one of two ways, I guess more in theory, but you get the idea. Right. Um, but we got it. Michael Jordan, 86 Fleer, card number 57 in a PSA 8. All in total, $1,350. Wow. That's uh, that's awesome. I'm just uh, – that was a great thumbnail. You know, we're, we're um, trying to make the YouTube thumbnail photos for that. <laughs> yeah. So for for every uh, every thumbnail opportunity, we'll have like a two second awkward pause when we um, just smile with the with the card we're talking about in hand. But no, that, that's great. That is great. I mean, and, uh, value yeah. today around six to seven thousand. So obviously, wow, you know, wow. What are you into? You're into it twenty percent for twenty percent of what it's going for. Pretty much. My wife loves to give me a hard time though because this did hit a peak around twenty thousand. So oh, I, I know, I know. I I had the opportunity with this card in hand to sell it for probably twenty thousand, but still, you had a twenty. I mean, did you no, ever get, okay, get an no. offer? Okay, never. I never tried to sell it. It was more uh, what the sales were, and I was so naive at the time, thinking, "Oh, this is going to keep going up. It's going to go forever." But yeah. again, I still love to own it. It is uh, again. I said it's. A grail. It's not my grail because it's not like the sexiest card ever. I'm still very proud to own it. And if yeah. we're just talking like value financially speaking, it's like the backbone of my my uh, my collection. Stable, yeah. you know, it's always uh, holding it together. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that's on the Mount Rushmore of sports cards, like in any sport. <laughs> you know, I mean, that yeah. you could argue, I mean, uh, you'd probably and you'd probably succeed in that argument. That's definitely a pillar of the hobby iconic sports cards. So um, how do you feel like value wise that you didn't end up selling it when it was, you know, because I mean, when you get an important card and it becomes part of your collection, usually it doesn't leave if you have a strong tie to it. So is that one like on the market? I mean, because you're saying it's not your grail, it's just a grail. Is it is it like PC forever? Or where do you land on it? It's got to be PC forever at this point. Just the story alone, the one that you just heard, what I had to do to get it, the fact that it involves some of my childhood cards as well. What would I – yeah, it just – like I said, it's like the backbone of my collection. I'll, I'll, I'll have it forever, hopefully. Yeah. I can't imagine 
a card I could trade this for that would have more sentiment value than this exact one. What if there was like an option? Because remember the uh, Erling Holland rookie card we were really looking for at uh, the National together, you know, trying to look for the one with the RC logo on it. I remember there's like very few of those out there. Would you do something involving a valuable Erling Holland or the one you were looking for? No? No, no chance. Okay. No chance. It's 86 Fleer, bro. This is iconic. There's something to be said for that. Right. Yeah, I just want to I just want to yeah, play nice. a little devil's advocate on you. It's kind of I feel like I've heard people reference this before to anyone that owns a Jordan and it was like a goal. And it was never a goal of mine. I told you that person just messaged me randomly. But like yeah. everyone's got their own story about how they got it. Like Tony and Oz talk about yeah. when they had that whole Jordan collection, they had a whole bunch of them to choose from. Yeah. And that so that was their story. I know they don't have it anymore, but everyone's got their story on how they got that MJ. So I'm happy to have given mine out in full detail. Yeah. No, that's great. And if anybody hasn't checked out our boys, uh, cousin Tony and cousin Oz on the Cousins Collectibles podcast, they they uh, bring it every single week, twice a week, and uh, got great live participation on you know one of their weekly episodes. And I couldn't believe the story when Oz was telling it about you know he's obviously the people's mailman. Um, the story with his Jordan and how he was delivering mail to a guy, and the guy had this crazy collection. And even like basically divorced his wife because his wife wanted him, basically gave him an ultimatum. You're going to go with the collection because it was an obsession of his and absorbed so much of his time. And I'm sure it took away from his family, his wife, his kids. She said, you're going to go with the collection or you're going to choose me. And I guess he chose the collection. Yikes. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, I'm not saying that was a good decision. And I don't yeah. know what their relationship was like at all, but it's just kind of... Uh, crazy how involved some people can get in the hobby and like to have that level and like you said it was almost like when you have your your pokemon on the game boy and you got to choose between um uh charmander and uh bulbasaur and squirtle you know best who's the best one to choose on the count of three three pokemon oh you got to go with uh charmander i was gonna do on i just said on the count of three that's what we say oh three, two, I'm, one. Sorry. I'm sorry next time um i'm glad we didn't though because i would have said squirtle Okay, you can go but with Squirtle. The, the water type Pokemon is the more effective, at least towards the beginning of the game, when you got to play like Brock, the first gym leader. Yes, because he's got the rock po Yes, he's got the rock Pokemon and the fire doesn't work on him. You're right. But then don't you go up against Misty after and she's so that's water on water. I guess that that's better, though, than somehow fire. You know what? That's better than going fire on water. But the Pokemon game is a lot like life. It just you kind of just figure it out as you go and you find a way to make it through. Yeah. And then hopefully by the end, you've caught them all. But listen, yeah. let me get back to my main. So the reason I brought up the Pokemon was because when Oz was Oz and Tony were choosing between the uh, what did he have, like six or seven or eight different 86 clear yeah. Jordan rookies that this guy had that that he was offering Tony and Oz to purchase from him. And then they're like looking at all the different ones, trying to decide which one's going to grade the best. And I think there's came back a PSA seven if I'm not mistaken, and then they sold Correct. it. Correct. Um, but yeah, so that that is interesting because with the 86 Fleer Jordan, uh, usually the person who has it knows what they have. And so you have to have some type of, you know, and real collectors have it because it's a, it's a grail piece of any, you know, big time collector. So that is an interesting point that you make that each Jordan acquisition to get that iconic rookie would have a, a cool story behind it. Yep. So there's my story. And I like, look, I take it for granted sometimes. Like 
it's pretty sweet. I own a Jordan 86 Fleer mm-hmm. and an 8. For people who sling these cards left and right at shows, obviously we're in different sectors of the hobby. But for me, this means a lot. I have a story and I understand its value. Yeah. Um, did, now, did you ever question because the raw review holder, you know, is kind of like just has that fold over um, sticky adhesion on the on the BGS raw review. So it kind of seems like you might be able to. I don't know how easy it is to open that up and stick another card in. There. It, 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 the raw review was was very old, so it oh, came okay. off pretty easily. But okay. it, the, the corners look so sharp from the raw review. That's what I, why I did it. And it worked and out. You never got never qu- never questioned it. You weren't nervous about it being in a raw review nah. situation. No, nah. I felt good. Went with my gut there. Because what is it? That is it the decade of excellence, um, Michael good Jordan. Point. That's a good that, point. That looks no, very similar. I, I I remember doing my great great point. I remember doing my homework about Michael Jordan rookie cards. Um, once you figure out how to tell the difference between a real one and a fake one, it is pretty easy. And I remember at the time, okay. I did do a lot of homework looking into it. So yes, I felt uh, confident I was getting something that was uh, legit. Okay, good. I didn't know how much. I mean, I assumed with that big of a purchase, you would have done some research and. And gotten it, but yeah, sometimes the decade of excellence fools me too. So that's awesome. Wow, I didn't I didn't know that full story at all. There you go. So that's it was uh, it for a rainy day. Literally, uh, did you mean that? Is it raining where you are? Because it's been pouring for three days straight. Here. Not, yeah, yeah. How is it up there? I mean, because you know, I got a lot of family and friends. What what was it? It was a hurricane or a just gross, just gross big rain. storm, gross rain. But forget about weather updates. I got card updates. Oh, okay. Finally sensed the Mrs. Babe Ruth in for grading. Oh, yes. The Mrs. Babe Ruth autograph card. We yes. went uh, We went authentic all the way. Oh, see, yes. I'm so glad you did that. That was a smart <laughs> move. I, I, I mean, not, not just because I said it, but I because I think that's truly the right way to go. I got good advice from... Did you watch the... Uh, the from, everyone. Every, everyone. But me. Listen. Also including all me. Right. Including you, but oh, you know what? Uh, you know the Golden Touch, yeah. the Golden Touch Netflix show. Okay. Did you see the first episode with the Jackie Robinson jersey? Yes. Yeah. So the guy holding that jersey, Scott, he owns the card store that I grew up going to. Okay. Oh, and Cardboard. this is the one that Jackie Robinson wore in a game, correct? Yeah. Then if you watch the Netflix Golden Show, it's being filmed in the shop that I would go to growing up. So I happened to run it. I ran it. So Scott, the owner, almost like a mentor for me growing up, you know, I I would be in his shop and like buying packs and stuff. I ran into him at a show recently and he did give me the same advice. And I I trust he's, he's an expert at what he does. There's a reason he's over there holding a multi-million dollar Jackie Robinson Jersey. He said, just go go authentic all the way. So I sent it to PSA waiting to get that back. Um, All I need is his, what was his reasoning about authentic all the way? Because when we, a few episodes ago, and if you want to, rehash the whole thing and, and watch that over again anybody uh, watching or listening we went through craig got a mrs babe ruth autograph on a babe ruth card so babe ruth's wife you know autographed the card and we were discussing how you should go about grading it should you get the card and the autograph graded you know number wise might come back a psa4 with a psa7 auto and that kind of thing so what did he do because you know, my thought was authentic, do authentic card, authentic auto, because as long as you know it's authentic, you can visually see the condition. And, um, you know, those older cards are hard to get graded. What was it, mid-60s Babe Ruth card? 62, so it was post-playing days. Okay, and so uh, what, what, what did he do to convince you to go 
authentic. Well, I, I was leaning that way anyway. He just said that collectors of that card aren't really going to care what the grade is. They just want to know that it's real. And right. he looked at it right away. He's like, it's real. Trust me, it's real. That's not what you have to worry about. So now I'm just going to get that slabbed up, and we'll be uh, we'll see what happens from there. Great. What do you think the value is on that? I don't know. That's tough, not, to, tell. tough to tell, right? Very tough to tell. Any other it's, Mrs. Babe Ruth? Anywhere, anywhere between uh, 500 and 1,500 ballpark, let's say. Okay. But it's a kind of one of a kind. So with something like that, you never know. That's That's great. That's great. Cool. I can't wait to get that back or for you to get that back. I have a couple cards coming in from Poland. Okay. A couple cards coming in from a sale last night. And yeah, just buying a few things here and there. What do you have coming in from Poland? A Tyson Chandler Knicks National Treasures laundry tag patch out of five game one. Wow, that's cool. And uh, a Draymond Green from the, the brand Lux. A also game worn patch, the bottom of the two R's from Warriors. So I got those in a package deal from Poland. Nice, that's yeah. cool. Junky game used stuff. That's right up both of our alleys. You can have Chandler was a force for the Knicks for the few years yeah. we had him. Defensive and, player of the year. And uh, speaking of chunky game use, I got this from the basketball card guy on Instagram. So 2004 2005 Ultimate Collection, Jermaine O'Neal, chunky Pacers patch out of 10. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. It's like, uh, called like the extra limited insert set which i didn't know out of 10 pretty rare jermaine yeah. o'neill threw me a, a towel in 2002 at the continental airlines arena at a nets pacers game still have that towel and uh where my parents live so i guess in theory this could be a piece of the jersey from the towel that you know he <laughs> threw me back in the day you know <laughs> it could be I mean, there's there's no way to tell us, so you might as well just tell yourself that. No way to tell them, exactly. <laughs> That's great. That's a cool one. Is that a, is that a PC, or is that a put it up on eBay and hope to find a Pacers fan? You know me too well. It's been it's been up there already. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's it. I got, That's uh, all I got for you. Also at a Nets game, I got a towel, but it wasn't from an as cool of a guy. I got it from Scott Paget. Remember him? He's a white guy, about, I don't know, six <laughs> six seven. Um, but it's actually funny because I had it like, you know, as a memorabilia item. And then I'm like, I actually get more value out of the towel itself. It's like nice Gatorade towel. Same. And that's what I have. I have a Jermaine O'Neal Gatorade towel as well. Okay, nice. And I'm like, so I could have this as memorabilia or I could actually use this cool Gatorade towel. So it's actually sitting on my oven. No offense to Scott Paget, I appreciate him throwing <laughs> me the towel, but now it's become a household item in my house. So. Um, yeah, I mean, those, those like, Nets games were fun. I have uh, I have an Allen Houston towel that he threw me in Orlando when I went to a Magic game wearing Knicks gear. Uh, same exact towel as the Jermaine O'Neal, except if I remember correctly, the Jermaine O'Neal, like the the tint was a little darker. The, the Allen Houston one was faded a little bit. Okay, crazy how, how our minds work as collectors. Yeah, yeah. I have uh, I remember getting dual high fives at the same time, leaning over the. Uh, you know, the entryway to the locker room at a Nets game from Richard Jefferson and Vince Carter. Both gave me like each of my hands at the same time. And that was cool. That okay. was very cool. I remember that. And I have a, a towel, not game used, but um, just from being a fan at the uh, from the 2004 finals. I went to the Nets and Spurs. Uh, I think I think the Spurs swept them that year or, or that's 2003. 2004 was Pistons. 2003. There you go. That's right. That's right. Pistons. What's against the lakers that's right 
So, uh, yeah. But anyway, so that's uh, that's cool stuff there. That's all I got for you. A little shorter episode, but we uh, we did what we, we set out to do. We did. And, and we might have, uh, you know, we might reach full length on this episode because I wanted to tell you, because you're talking oh. about how you got a grail. And I wanted to tell you about this PC, this new side PC that I'm putting into consideration because... As you know, I recently moved down here two and a half months ago to Greenville, South Carolina. It's about 45 minutes from Clemson, which, of course, has the incredible football program that's, you know, taken a little bit of a step back the past few years. But I mean, you know, two national titles in the past, uh, what, seven years or so. And they've been to the second most college football playoff since the college football playoff was invented, second only to Alabama. So they're, you know, a national powerhouse. And, you know, I've been covering the football games as a sports reporter down here, going to the games, going to the press conferences, practice, preseason, you know, interviews and stuff like that, meeting a bunch of the guys and coaches. And you develop naturally an attachment and uh, almost like a, a cheering on mentality for these guys because so many people here love them. And that's the main school that we cover in our area. So. You know, and I'm and I'm like you said, I'm on the field, like, you know, right next to all the action, the pageantry, you know, they come running down the hill, Howard's Rock. And, uh, you know, it's incredible being from the Northeast to see the level of of excitement, enthusiasm and intensity that they have for college football down in the South. Um, it's second to none. And if you haven't been to a, a college football game or seen what it's like uh, down here, I, I would definitely recommend at least doing that one time. So I said to myself, where, where can I, how can I reignite this collecting fire a little bit? Because since the national I'm, I'm settling down into a new area, you know, outside of work. And then I'm jumping into just the new job and trying to be successful with that. So I haven't had that much time. And, you know, I, I had such a great national, I thought for myself with getting these big PC cards that I'm kind of like, you know, have a little bit of a damper as far as the fire for, you know, picking up new cards and starting that back up. So now I'm thinking to myself, I cover Clemson. I'm right here on the field. I'm running after the coaches, you know, to get the post-game handshake, which by the way, I'm two for two. I'm explosive off the sideline when that, when that final play happens or when, you know, when the game ends. Of all the media reporters, you've got to be top 2% athleticism and speed. I would think that's what I've been telling a lot of people. And they don't really believe me. They kind of laugh at me until they see the ending shot that I get of the final handshake between the coaches, which is very difficult to get. Everybody's trying to get it. Players are swarming around. You know, the the television state like ESPN was at this noon game against Florida State. It was an overtime finish. And so I'm just running out onto the field, sprinting, bobbing, weaving, you know, and then getting the shot. But anyway, all, all that to say I'm stable. That's my stable position for the camera. But Anyway, all that to say is that this new PC, which you probably heard from all this buildup by now, is why am I not collecting Clemson cards of well-known Clemson football players, but in their Clemson uniform? Not only is it cheaper, but now I have this great connection to the school. I cover the team myself, so it only makes sense. And then also it's a way to, to learn more about the Clemson history and, and what these guys have done um, with uh, – with their careers, you know, like if I start to look for Clemson players, I'm going to do more research on them that could help me in my job as well, you know, or, or references in a highlight or, 
whatever the case. So I feel like it's, it's, you know, it's kind of cool. And then people down here who have become my friends, a lot of them have gone to Clemson or, you know, know and care about and also cover Clemson in some capacity if they're, if they work at the news station. So they might also gain an interest in my collection or in collecting themselves after getting that entryway of seeing, Oh, he collects Clemson cards. That's kind of cool. Let me maybe find out a little bit more about this whole card thing, or at least we can share a cool moment, you know, because we both will have that Clemson interest at the same time. So I'm, I'm thinking I might start getting into that. I like that. So obviously you can't collect current players. So it's, we're talking Clemson alumni. Yeah. But I assume you mean college uniform only. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be cheap. Like Trevor, Trevor, Deshaun Watson, Taj Boyd, uh, they make DeAndre Hopkins. And they make the, uh, the Panini collegiate products. I think that I'm trying to think what, what other collegiate products there are, but I, a lot cheaper, a lot more affordable to uh, buy them in the college uniform, but you have the attachment to it. So that sounds like a win-win for you. You learn more about the history of the program as you're already immersed into it. I like it. Right, right. Like it. So, uh, you know, that could be that could be something that I uh, end up going down and, um, and not too expensive, you know, also. I mean, like the quarterbacks, of course, that's going to be more expensive, but uh, – you know, there's a lot of good wide receivers who went to Clemson and, you know, defensive players. And, um, yeah, so I just thought that that might be a, a cool new side PC to, you know, do the other things, like I said, you know, maybe relate to somebody else through collecting down here who's become my friend. Cheap way to collect, reignite my fire for, um, you know, picking up new cards and, and stuff like that. So if anybody is uh you know looking to sell or move or trade um clemson cards specifically on card autographs game used patches definitely hit me up at carmine's cards because uh i think that could be a fun a fun deal you know and i and i didn't really realize how much of a clemson fan i was becoming until that first game against duke when uh you know they lost they were ranked ninth in the country and duke beat them and all the heartbreaking plays that clemson had to lose that game you know they had a, a field goal blocked then they had two consecutive fumbles inside the 10 yard line so they're about to score and and i saw something that said that's the only time in Dabo sweeney's 15 years at clemson that his team has fumbled twice inside the 10 yard line in the same game so that was heartbreaking they had a tipped interception and then they had a targeting call that was enforced after a turnover they turned the ball over on fourth down but anyway, I was so emotionally invested in that game. And that was my first game since covering Clemson that I watched them play in. So I had this like way bigger attachment than what I realized to their success. And um, so now it's just been a few more weeks since then. They almost beat Florida State, which was ranked number four in the country, lost in overtime, really should have won that game. But, uh, you know. And I just said to myself, now, why am I not? I'm already I'm already invested or all in, as Coach Dabo Sweeney would say. So why am I not, you know, going down the collecting realm with this? And I just thought it would be a natural new PC to consider starting up. Very passionate. I could hear it. The only thing you will have to be careful, I'm pretty sure the college products are all player worn. Oh, really? Yes. But okay. that's what, listen, 
You got to sacrifice. Something's got to give sometimes. If that's all I can get, then uh, that's all I can get. You can get them nice and nice and chunky and colorful, though. Yeah, I'm looking at this Trevor Lawrence uh, immaculate RPA, and it does say player worn on the back. That's all right. That's right. And hey, you know, you never know. If you ever set up at a show somewhere, you could be the the Clemson guy. That's true. And also, that would be that would play down here. You know, at some of the some of the nearby shows that I have not been to yet, but I heard the Nashville show is really good. That's not incredibly far from me. Charlotte's only an hour and a half. And then me and you are planning on going to uh, culture collision in Atlanta, which we keep trying to hold ourselves accountable to by putting out publicly on the airwaves. I but, think uh, going at this point is way more realistic than setting up. Okay. But we could set up though. You sent, you sent me the info for a possible setup. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We we put it out there again. Okay, I'd rather. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Let, let's talk it through. Should we? Okay. What do you think about setting up versus walking? I like the flexibility of walking. Okay. What if we get one table, and we switch off, and I sit behind it for a little bit, you sit behind it for because I got to sell some stuff. <laughs> you know. I could possibly get behind that. Okay. 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 Well, we'll we can talk more about it. Okay. I have your information. Right. Right. We've uh yeah, and and at the very least we'll just hash it out, you know, during the uh during the show if we need to, if we have no other time, which I doubt, but there we go. Hey, look at that. Even when we we're, we're busy with life and stuff, we find a way to talk about cards for 40 minutes. Yes, sir. And I know you got to run for more soccer stuff, but uh wow, that Dolphins yeah. running back today had 47 fantasy points. Unbelievable. And the other one had 50, I think. Because like I was telling you, they had, the Dolphins, they scored 70 points, and two of their running backs had four touchdowns apiece. That's got to be an that's got to be an NFL first. That is for two for two running backs to each have four touchdowns on the same team. Pretty cool. All right. But, and the Colts. I'm 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 repping Peyton Manning, who's another guy who I like. He's he's here in the background. If you're watching on YouTube, Ooh, yeah. one of his autographs, Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew with the win in overtime over the Ravens. Right on. Look at that. And uh, young quarterbacks. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh, what, 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 what's your take? We 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 can we oh, got a couple more minutes. Oh no, that's just not part of the hobby. We you you and I are in. It's oh, yeah. uh, it's all very like gambling based. But yes. Not for us. So I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't watch enough to even pass judgment on it. All I know is that Sam Howell threw four interceptions today, and that stinks for anyone who is holding mm-hmm. those cards because someone's going to lose. That's that. Yep. Yep. And um, good for people who had the Bills defense, like me and you, in fantasy. Thirty-one point for me on the bench for me. Oh, that's right. That's right. Can't okay. win them all. All right. Until next time. All right, bro. Peace.